Gresham College presents Firm Migration, The Neglected Components of Change by Martin Horton. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, first of all, many thanks to Professor Minnelli for inviting me to share some thoughts with, uh, with you this afternoon. My name's Martin Horton, as you can see from your notes, and I'm a senior associate with Trends Business Research, a commercial practice which focuses on economic and business research. Within the context of the symposium, uh, I propose to present some very practical ideas and techniques that can be applied to identifying and measuring change within local economies and especially cities. Um, however, I would like to um, uh, acknowledge the contribution of my colleagues uh, in developing the material that I'll share with you and say thank you to Dr. Laura Davison and her team at the corporation for really giving us the opportunity to hone the techniques uh, that I will share with you. So if I may start um, to preface my comments by setting out where I'm coming from as an economic development practitioner. And essentially I take two things. One is a desire to effect change, um, be this encouraging growth, something that we've been um, focusing on for some time uh, within an economy, um, seeking to strengthen a business sector or to just measure progress towards achieving a specific goal. And secondly, there's an acknowledgement that economies are dynamic um, and that the issue of change is something that is a given. Unfortunately, uh, that notion that we see in classical economics about econo economies being in equilibrium is unfortunately not something that we can really accommodate. I'd like to, to then uh, present two alternative perspectives of local economies and how we could analyse them. First of all, there's a traditional approach that characterised as taking, a, say, a macro approach which considers an economy as a coherent overall entity um, and that we examine it usually using official statistics. Um, for example, BRES, which is derived from one or more national surveys, and where the robustness of the data, as Laura was mentioning earlier, um, becomes more lacking as you go into smaller geographies and the level of activity... Uh, becomes more detailed. Furthermore, official statistics are designed to ensure the anonymity of individual firms, and as such, analysis is constrained to looking at predetermined groupings, such as sectors or official geographies, like a local authority. The second approach is to see an economy as a diverse ecosystem of firms and organisations, and with suitable data, we can track these over time, and by aggregating the data, we can, we can understand how an economy is performing and track its change over time. So the traditional approach to measuring um, change is to, to look at points in time and then looking at what the difference is between them. This can be useful for establishing headline movements in firm numbers, employment, or even output. However, the nature of official statistics means that the underlying survey data limits key aspects of the analysis. 
And in fact, we might want to have a look at what official statistics tell us about the City of London. And in fact, we can actually look at two key headlines over this period 2008 to 2012 that the number of firms in the city reduced by nearly 2,500. Unemployment fell by just over 5,000. But actually, there's not a lot more we can tell you from official statistics. And in fact, we can't even give you a direct number for the amount of output and how that has changed because the city's not big enough. As they say, it's not a nuts three area. A more sophisticated analysis may include the number of firm startups, though the level of detail may well be limited, for instance, by only looking at businesses which are incorporated or which are registered for VAT purposes. Closures are also much less easy to detect, as a firm might deregister for VAT but continue to trade underneath that threshold. There are also other challenges to consider. Are startups and closures the only dynamics within economies? For example, where does direct, direct foreign investment come in and where does mergers and acquisition fit into this? Also, if we can't identify individual firms, how do we disaggregate startups from the rest of the economy and look at, and in terms of change? In all, the traditional approach can generate some useful headline information, but it's unlikely to deliver the level of detail that's needed to allow the levers of influence to be used with any sense of precision. I'd now like to come on and talk about the alternative approach. At TBR, we've developed what we consider to be a more insightful approach, which we've called the components of change. I should say that this has only been possible through the use of our own longitudinal data set that has tracked UK businesses over the last 15 years, and we have now some 3 million live trading businesses and around records for another 5 million which have ceased trading. So, what does the components of change comprise? Well, first of all, firm births. These are businesses that have appeared on our data set for the first time. Firm deaths, these are firms which have disappeared, never to reappear. Continuing firms, these are businesses which were there at the start of the period and are still there at the end. They've continued or survived over the last couple of years anyway. Then we move on to firm migration what we see as the neglected component. And in turn, this comprises in-migrators, firms which have moved into the area during a particular period. And as firms can move in, they can also move out. So we can now take a much more insightful and detailed look at an economy and how it changes. We can represent this diagrammatically. And essentially, we have on the extreme left here, we can look at an economy at some point in time, let's say year one, and then we can look at the, that economy at some later point in time, call it year two. But in the middle, we can now look at the effect of firm bursts, firm startups. We can look at closures or firm deaths we're able to look at firms migrating into the economy, those that migrate out, 
and the firms that continue through that period. And obviously this gives us a much greater insight. And for the, um, the physicists amongst you, you may be able to detect that there's a mass balance calculation coming up. Essentially, in terms of the mathematics, which is very simple, we start with the economy at the beginning. We add in the effect of business startups or births. We add in the effects of firm migra firms migrating in. We add in aspects of the continuing firms because the number won't change, but they, they are likely to either grow or shrink, so we can look at what they're doing in terms of employment and output. And obviously, we need to subtract the effect of firm closures or deaths and those firms that are migrating out to give us a stock at the end of the next period. So, in good Blue Peter fashion, I would like to uh, share with you uh, one which we prepared earlier. And this is for the City of London over the challenging period 2008 to 2012. And this is from the work that uh, we've undertaken for Laura Davison and her team and which is published today. So this is the, the components of change model and we've looked at five key attributes, the number of firms, the employment, output as measured by gross value added, productivity, which is gross value added per head, and employment per firm. Now, in preparing this, I wasn't sure how legible this would be, so don't worry, I will run through the headlines. But if we cast our mind back, we saw that in terms of headlines, around two, just over 2,000 firms were lost from the city over this period, and around 5,000 jobs. But beyond that, we couldn't tell you very much about the city and what had happened. But now, if we look at the impact of firm births and deaths, we can actually see that over 2,500, that net, there were 2,500 more closures than there were startups. So a significant number of firms were lost. Those firms, in turn, were responsible for the loss of over 22,000 jobs. So really very significant. And in terms of output, nearly £2 billion worth of output was lost as a result of firm closures exceeding firm startups. If we now look at the impact of firm migration, we can see that there was a net in-migration of just over 200 firms. Now, whilst it, didn't re it doesn't really go very far in, in meeting that number, it is at least positive. So we, we've got some growth. However, when we look at the jobs that those firms were responsible for, we can see that we're now looking at 13,500 additional jobs for the city. And that goes quite some way to redressing the 22,000 jobs that were lost from firm closures. And then finally, when we look at output, output attributable to firm migration was over three and a half billion pounds, which more than made up from the output lost by firm closures. So I would put to you that whilst 
firm migration may have been the neglected um, component of change hitherto, that this was in fact a mistake. Now, to some extent, that may have been because we weren't able to measure it, but in essence, we weren't able to look at it and understand it. But we now do. Before finishing, I'd like to just share some final thoughts. Components of change does offer a new way of looking at the dynamics of, lo of a local economy, and we are no longer constrained by analysing only firm births and deaths. We can now investigate those other com components, namely continuing firms, and those firms migrating in and out. We might be so bold as to suggest that this offers a new paradigm of local economic assessment. It certainly gets under the skin of local economies in a way that we weren't able to previously. And we can now look at the dynamics and see to what extent do they um, explain and help us understand uh, the way in which local economies may decline or be improving. It also may suggest some of the things we might need to do to try and revitalise places. We can also test the effectiveness of place marketing and uh, efforts to attract inward investment. We can also start to look at the nature of the property offer. To what extent are firms moving into the new shiny uh, buildings on offer or are they opting to move into other types of premises? Now, I know critics may suggest that intra-country firm migration merely represents a zero-sum gain, with the city's benefits being at the expense of other areas. However, if we assume that businesses are logical and diligent in their decision to relocate, we may deduce that firms should perform better in their new location than they would have done if they had stayed where they are. And there is, in fact, some evidence to suggest that this is the case, though further work is now needed. One thing that we haven't been able to address yet is that of mergers and acquisitions and how this is having an impact on the dynamic. But I would like to close by suggesting that components of change, that the components of change model goes beyond measuring what was measurable, but now allows us at least to count something which really does count in terms of firm migration, and that's certainly for cities anyway. Thank you very much. For all information, please go to www.gresham.ac.uk.